Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Joe Doman, who you know well. My name is Father John. That's the first time you've heard Woo-hoo. that. Because we've been backlogging him. And then there's this new, deep, low, low voice uh, reverberating from the corner of the room. And this is my pastor, Father Peter <laughs> Musset. Hello, Hello, podcast listeners. <laughs> Father Peter's brother, Neil, is one of our five listeners, and so we're pretty excited to... uh, The other four are Joe's brothers and sisters, so it's pretty awesome that we have uh, uh, both of these two involved. But Father Peter has been a friend of mine uh, for many years, and Father Peter has some funk when it comes to... He's an artist... What did you do for a uh, major in college? You made up your own major. Well, you know, you know, actually, <laughs> I surfed the system. I was a photography major, but I hired a call to the priesthood, and so I, I did my very best to cry and weep and convince, uh, actually, somebody to let me graduate. And it turned out that it was my jewelry professor. So I have a degree <laughs> in, in jewelry. Jewelry, God jewelry. Be <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Father Peter is a total. Uh, is uh, is a great priest. He's been a priest for five years. You were waiting for that total I'm sorry, blank. I'm going to be laughing this whole podcast. I know, and this is I'm not going to say anything constructive. And it just went from two dimensional to three dimensional, so they're probably kind of freaking out right now. Don't worry, this won't be regular. This is just the first time we got to introduce a sp- Father special Peter occasion. But Father Peter uh, is now my pastor. I mean, this guy is my please my boss. Me, please. Yeah, exactly. So I got to like. Uh, I gotta be careful what I say here. No more profanity like a couple weeks ago, That's and right. uh, no more drinking makers while we uh, while we do podcasts. I don't know about that. Maybe, yeah, the, uh... but uh, he is a very good friend of mine, and uh, it was a great shock uh, of God's providence when we got assigned together. We're in Boulder, Colorado, right now. And uh, we've had to uh, move out of the treehouse because yeah. uh, you know, and in, in, uh, into a, a beautiful and lush location deep in the heart. Of Boulder, Colorado. What should we name it? We have a new studio now. I don't know. You know what? I think that's actually a great question for our Facebook subscribers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you have to help you got us a new name. to suggest a, a beautiful name to capture the spirit of this new location. I like it. I like it. They have no idea what it looks like, though. There's like lots of fancy bookshelves and... I don't know, plush couch that I'm sinking into right Some now. Some fake plants on the side there. They're the, not, those are <laughs> fake. <laughs> man, I've labored for those things, man. man. Keeping them alive. Sorry, they look fake. They, uh, um, but uh, that's assuming we still have a listener base because Nathan Goble did the podcast last week. So, <laughs> Good point. Uh, yeah, it can get a little crazy. But uh, what we've done is... Um, We've kind of expanded, you know, it started with Father Mike and I, or with Mike, Deacon Mike and I, and then he became Father Mike and he got sent to the end of the universe. And then it was Joe and I carrying it for this year. And uh, Joe has been doing a lot of, he's responded to a lot of your emails, but Father Peter, uh, we want to bring in every once in a while. Or not responded. Or not responded to. (laughs) But uh, Father Peter's got some, uh, he's got some flav. And so we want to keep him in and he's going to keep it exciting. Uh, And then Nathan Goble as well, our good friend. Flav means flavor. Oh yeah, sorry. That's short for flavor. The uh, speaking of which, a topic? Do you have one for us? Well, you know I do, John. This is an exciting. Oh, hold on! You are no longer John Deacon John. That's right. You are Father John. That's right. Show him some respect here. <laughs> no, no, no. The, uh, it's weird for all of us. Actually, we were at a uh, meeting today with all of our our new staff, and we kept referring to each other as. Uh, John and Peter, and then we were like, "Oh yeah, Father John, Father Peter." It's just weird. <laughs> How so, did you guys meet each other in seminary? 
Oh, dude, that's a story we'll save for the end of the podcast. Ooh, this is going to be a long podcast. Keep them listening. So, Well, tonight, uh, I was uh, wanting to talk to you both about something that you actually gave me a shout-out for a couple weeks ago, the liturgical tidbit. That's right. That's right. And it actually all started when I was a boy. I It was just horrible. I could not get good grades to save my life. I couldn't do homework for anything. And so I'm, you know, I'm about 33 years old and my dad was like staying up late, like watching TV and he discovered an infomercial, man. And this infomercial (laughs) was awesome. And it was, it was titled wittily. It was wittily called where there is a will, there is an A. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not have a will, and there were no A's. There were no A's. But, there, but in the, that like, video cassette mail-in uh, extravaganza, I learned this principle. Our concentration in life is most focused at the beginning of something and at the end of something. And, uh, and so I realized that there's a lot of people who don't understand symbols. That, you know, we're, we're going along in life and we're looking and we're trying to say, you know, um, particularly in worship, what does this mean? I look in my life and I say, what does this mean? And I love the liturgy more than anything else. I think that's probably why I became a priest right. is just this fountain of worship. And um, so I realized that we need to learn something. And so I started talking to people at the beginning and end of mass about the heart of this this beautiful worship that we have a moral obligation to do every single week and uh and and it, it flowed out of these really actually cr- fairly crazy uh communion meditations i would have i would sit down and i'd be i'd be filled with the holy spirit and uh and i realized that like there are so many beautiful things particularly my my mo- my most favorite is when we've had communion and everything's done, we all sit down. And at the end of sitting down, I mean, like when the priest sits down, everybody, everybody sits, sits down, down, you yeah. know? And isn't that like the best part of mass <laughs> <ever>? <laughs> And so, so you're there and, and, and you're like, you sit down and you're like, man, that feels good. <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're just kind of like free and you're like, man, mass is almost done. The priest is going to say, go in peace and serve the Lord and other things or some crazy <laughs> statement that he makes up at the spot. And you're like, okay. And this is the thing is that I've realized in the heart of that, that it is actually a liturgical gesture. The sitting? The sitting. Really? really? It's not just like my knees hurt. Now I can sit down. Yeah. Something. I thought it was just laziness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be easily taken as such because I mean, because it's it's so sweet and it's nice. And I realized that as a priest, you are in this place of Christ, and as you sit, you are realizing the victory of Jesus Christ of all eternity, sitting down on His throne, and everybody joins in because we are participating in the eschatological victory of Christ. This this total uh, thing. And so I, after I realized that, if, after sitting down, I shared that with people. And people were coming up and they were going, oh, man, Whoa. Father, that was so cool. And so I began a tradition of talking to people about these symbols in the liturgy that really are more meaningful than you could ever imagine. 
Father Mike Rapp loves that. Uh, he the, In John chapter 6, Jesus is about to give him the Eucharist or the Eucharistic discourse. And he, uh, he says, he tells all the people to sit down on the green grass. And the Greek word anapasain in Father Mike's translation Here is to go. chillax. Yeah, we've talked we've talked about this before, but it's just to relax, just to sit down. I think a lot of times we think of prayer, it's like it's got to be really painful, you know, you got to be kneeling on nails or something like that and uh but just to rest and to just to chill. I think that's 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 really nice. So when you talk about liturgical tidbits, it's at the end of mass. It's not during the homily, it's not something else. It's right at the end. Is that kind of your style? Yeah, because because our what happens is if you give somebody something at the end, it's uh, at one little point. It's not a whole treatise on anything. It's just like when you sit, you participate in the victory of Christ. And next week, guess what happens? When everybody sits down, they're all participating in the victory of Christ. And and so uh, it's it's just it's just a little application of where there's a will, there's an A. There's an A. <laughs> and to figure out these things now, uh, it forces you. It, you know, for, if there is, you know, praise God, a, another priest other than us two who are actually giving this podcast here, the dueling priests. Yeah. Uh, if there's a priest out there, all you have to do is talk about one small, beautiful thing in the liturgy. Like a candle. Yeah, like what other things Didn't you, you do one about? on a candles one time? I did one on candles. Yeah. I mean, what what is a candle? A candle is this beautiful thing that like glows and children are attracted to because they like fire and they're <laughs> and it's an altar server you're like i gotta light the candles yeah this is the best ever i gotta light fire okay well a candle is mandatorily 51 percent beeswax it has to be a majority of beeswax and the amount of energy that goes into creating beeswax from these you know bees <laughs> is just absurd i think you guys i think we talked you guys talked about yeah, that. Yeah, it, i love it it's, it's awesome. very absurd but but did you know that the wax itself is a symbol of the body of Christ. The wick is a symbol of the soul of Christ. And the fire becomes a symbol of his divinity that is taking the soul and the body and showing forth his profound glory. That is awesome. I like that. I, I like it. That. I heard something just today where somebody mentioned this about how, uh, I think the archbishop said this at something recently where he said, uh, the candle, it, it gives off life by being consumed. And that's how we should be, and that makes a lot of sense with you know, the the body and and soul, you know, the humanity of Christ is consumed, uh, and and a total holocaust on the cross, you know, but that's what brings light. That's why he's the light of the world, you know. That's what brings light. It's just a beautiful image of the Christian life and how, and how we should shine forth, you know, by being consumed though. And up here they have a tradition called the candlelight mass, which it just it's just so funny. It's the same thing. It's just an evening mass, just like every other day. But there's no other lights on except for all these candles. Now, I have not celebrated one of you, but you have done this before, Father Peter. And it's like, uh, it's amazing. And it's extremely powerful. So there's something about just the light, that the way that it emanates off. And we were even praying this morning together. And we were talking about how we got these icons. We have this chapel that Father Peter made. And it's amazing in, the, in our basement here. And we're going to funk it out with icons just everywhere. It is everywhere. Just go everywhere. Crazy. Just go crazy. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, but there's something about the way that the icons just, they look totally different when they're by candlelight. They just, there's something about the, even the way that the light radiates uh, versus this electric light like we have in our room right now kind of shining down. There's something that it speaks to us and just kind of, it draws us into it, into the kind of religious dimensions of things in different ways. It's and, interesting. 
and it becomes, uh, though it is, is, is not essential in the baptismal rite, every single one of us are handed a candle. Receive the light of Christ. This light is entrusted to you to be kept burning brightly. And the, so this is a reality. This is actually a fundamental image of our, of our life in Christ. Now, I mean, other things. Okay, you, t- you got three elevations in the Mass. Like, have you ever taken a, a moment to say, hold on, why are we elevating these species at these points? You're talking about the times in the Mass where the priest lifts up the body and blood. From the altar. From the altar, absolutely. What's he doing? What's that about? What's that about? If we take those as connected and unified to each other, does all of a sudden they take on meaning? Yeah. See, that's what's the exciting thing about a liturgical tidbit, is that... (laughs) (laughs) He's getting so into it. Yeah, It's It's good. It's awesome. This is life, man. Well, it's coming out of life, too. Like, this is what's cool, and this is why the people at your parish last year love this, because... This was actually coming out of your meditation, out of your life. It wasn't something you read in a book and just kind of like, you know, uh, threw it at him. But this was real to you. This was exciting mm. to you because you were discovering it and the Lord was inspiring in your heart. And that's what makes it so exciting. And uh, we're, I think we're going to keep the tradition here too, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's the thing is that is that the the Lord has the Lord given us an abundance of symbols. But the church is also not dogmatically defined that the candle must be what I just said, or sitting must be what I just said. It actually comes alive when we are, when our imaginations and our hearts and our intellects are engaged in the worship in which we do. And you can read, uh, St. Is it St. Germanus who wrote on the divine liturgy? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and I don't he's, know. He's talking, <laughs> he's talking about like, hold it. Like, like in the East, there's like some crazy stuff where they put the discus on the head and they're like, you know, going around things. And you're like, what are they talking about in the liturgy? And he's assigning all these beautiful meanings and you read it and you're like, oh my goodness. You mean there is meaning in the real things that we do in our lives. And it starts because this is the thing is that the liturgy is, is a training ground for us to be able to realize that. God is abundantly filling all things with meaning. And so, you guys, this is the thing. If meditate, and anybody, anybody, you, if you're listening and you're going and you're looking at the liturgy, you know, what are what are things that are connecting together? Why are we doing that? What why are altar servers bowing to the altar? Why do we genuflect to the tabernacle? Why do we hold up the gospel book and kiss it? What is that about? What are we what are the kisses in the mass? What does those symbolize? Is is that something more than just the thing that we see because because the more you you give that and then you give it to somebody else they walk in and they're like oh sweet oh you hold on i cross myself with holy water to remind me of my baptism because that's the sacrament initiation so that i would come into worship i remember that i have been washed clean in the, in the lamb and the blood of the lamb poured out in water from the side of christ and that's the good that is the good <laughs> that is good i want to hear I don't want before you get too far away. I want to hear about the elevations, though. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so the fruit <laughs> of my meditation, I, I I didn't see this anywhere, but I'm I'm sitting there in communion meditation, and sometimes I take long ones, and sometimes I fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> on the week, and and I was there, and and I was thinking, and I started picturing the the first elevation when we we hold up the body alone, the and then the cup, the precious blood alone. And I saw in that the incarnation of our Lord, who, you know, he, he, he actually is, is um, pouring himself out. And the two natures are beginning to come together. 
And we see that, but then, and, and so we see in that, the, this profound incarnation, the gift of Mary's body and the divinity and love of Christ becoming and uniting. And so we see them individually coming together. Second elevation is the, um, uh, is the through him, with him, in him, the doxology. Now, what happens is that we don't hold it up in the same way. And so the chalice and the, uh, saboria or the paten, the, the, the vessels that hold the precious body and the precious blood, they're separated from each other. So, so, so I, I see in that actually the separation of Christ's body and blood in his death, in his death, in this crucifixion. But then we have a third, which is behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we have the host and it is broken and is held suspended above the chalice the body and blood are united and we see in this image the lamb standing as though it were slain the one who could unseal all seals and so we have the incarnation the death and resurrection of our lord all put together in these elevations it's just it's, that's cool that's that the image cool. from revelation right the lamb he saw a lamb standing as if it would have been had been slain exactly that's awesome yeah I love it. So it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, hold on. If you just isolate it a little bit and you say, okay, hold on. I mean, now some of the prayers don't always match with all of that, but that doesn't, that doesn't preclude it from actually having a multitude of meanings. Right. And it's, it's important with meaning, like the meaning of Christ can't be just transmitted by his words. You know, the second Vatican council is very clear. It's the actions, it's the deeds and the words of Christ that make up the content of revelation. It's not just what he says. And so likewise, when we're representing the event of Christ, it's not just uh, the words that Father Peter says or Father John says or future Father Joe says. It's actually the the gestures as well. Totally. I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, uh, basically because I left seminary and I'm losing my Hebrew, I'm losing my Greek, Latin. I never had Spanish, let's just be <laughs> honest, but... But I'm losing it. And I took consolation when I read this quote from a guy named Balthazar that said, uh, well, Mein Zelzorga, <laughs> as uh, those of you who have listened to our other podcast, he says, the language of God is not Greek, it's not Latin, it's humanity. Mm. The word became flesh. And if you think about that, if you really think about that, that the language of God, the language he chose to speak, and he could have spoken anything to Humanity. It was the language of humanity. It was flesh itself. And so gestures have such a profound sense. And if we don't learn to think uh, in terms of that again, if we don't learn to think uh, in terms of symbolically uh, with gestures, we're not going to be able to really engage the, the, uh, the event of the incarnation itself. There you go. That's yeah. my little fancy theological slide on this. That's why I think what you're doing is so important. And what we're going to be doing, hopefully. That's why people yeah. love it, because yeah. they, lo- they love it. Yeah, because it's 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 like uh, watching the segment when you like slow down a news broadcast, and it's like let's read the body language. Let's read the body language. Oh, look mm. at this politician who's lying through <laughs> his teeth, and and you're like, you liar, and you because you because it, it it reveals those things that are hidden, and you don't feel that you have to be just trapped in some surface, man. Absolutely. But that, but that in, in fact, you have access to something. I mean, it's, don't they always say in, in homiletics, you know, uh, uh, it's 60, you know, it's communication like is 60% body language. Yeah, even like, more than that. I think it was like 90 or something. Like that. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I, remember, I think they told us it was like says, something crazy. 99.7%. 
yeah. communication is body language. It's body language. Really? The, this lady. That seems a little strong. <laughs> yeah, this lady last night at the, at the welcome party up here at St. Thomas uh, came up to me. She's like, my goodness, you gesticulate. What? And I was like, I was like, what? Pardon me? <laughs> and, and yeah, gesticulation is speaking with your hands. Ah, gotcha. You can't see that in the podcast, but I've uh, I've been, you know, knocking stuff over. It was great. Last night, we uh, he jumped up on the piano and uh, addressed his parish from the top of the piano last night. And I jumped up on there with him. <laughs> on it was classic. In the church? No, no, no. In the basement. <laughs> in the church. Church hall, yeah. In the org- on the organ. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> this is a liturgical <laughs> tidbit. This is what we're <laughs> From the piano. I'm just I, oh, when you man. said that, I totally imagine both you guys in chasubles on top of the piano in the parish. I was like, <laughs> totally, man. Oh my gosh, this place going crazy. <laughs> no, dude, it's uh, it's really interesting. I mean, the whole. Oh, what did you do? Speak about gesticulation. Uh, he just gesticulation. I just killed my mic. <laughs> no, but like liturgy will always be foreign to us unless we learn to think like this. Unless we learn to think with actions again and symbolically. And when I put my hands out for the prayer, what does that mean? That means something now. But I never would have thought about that before I was a priest. Before I actually did it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. With the way that I hold my hands, the way that I do, the epiclesis is very, that's one of the most powerful things about being a priest when you call down the Holy Spirit upon the, the bread and the wine. That is tremendous. But it never affected me before I actually did it. And so we got we to gotta all learn to re enter into, uh, into the gestures and uh, through liturgical formation. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. The, uh, the the funky music you heard at the beginning of this podcast uh, was a reflection of the man, Father Peter. <laughs> he uh, he DJs the uh, um, the uh, a lot of the dances and the the shindigs <laughs> we have up here, which is awesome. And believe it or not, the number one party school in the country is a great place to send your Catholic kid. It really is. Yes, Col- I can say that with confidence. University of Colorado in Boulder. We have one of the best staffs ever up here, and we've got a great pastor now. And uh, we're building on uh, our friends, Father Peter's best friend, Father Kevin, who definitely does not listen to this podcast, but he, he's our <laughs> friend anyways. He, uh, he's been working for five years, and so I guess we just put that out there as a little self-promotion. But uh, there are places of renewal happening in the greatest places of darkness, and uh, Boulder, Colorado is one of them. There's, just, there's something tremendous and amazing happening here. And it's pretty awesome for me to be a part of that as my first assignment, especially with such a good friend of mine at the helm. So it's uh, it's awesome, man. man. It's, it's totally awesome. awesome. And uh, this is the first of hopefully many Musset flavor podcasts that we'll have. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, man. And we're gonna refine this. It's gonna be it's gonna be smooth. It's gonna be smooth. <laughs> we brought him in because of his voice. Actually, that's yeah. the main reason. You know, th- 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 this is the secret of my life. You guys is when I was a kid, I wanted to be a radio DJ. <laughs> So uh, you've tuned into Catholic stuff you should know, and thank you, and I hope you have a beautiful and soothing evening. Uh, you sound like a man, Delilah. Yeah, oh, Delilah. Man, Delilah. You know, doesn't that is that what you played? The mandolin. Mandolin. Oh, mandolin. Oh. No, you know Delilah. 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 Love someone tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, she, is she all one. over the place? I heard her in like, I, I think you made that up, Joe. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, no, Henry Zalman was a huge Delilah fan, <laughs> right? He was from Myanmar, yeah, he's Myanmar, Burma. Man, that's a... he thought that was his favorite thing about America was Delilah on the radio. He but, would just listen to her just to hear her voice. 
before uh, we end, we did tell them we would uh, talk about how we met real quick. Oh, yeah, you should do quick. that. We should do that. But I, before I think we this do might that, go down as the longest Catholic stuff you should know there now, is. Now, last though. week's was 27 minutes. What are we at right now? 23. Okay, we Keep got four minutes. Real quick, Michael Bates, thanks for your um, Facebook message. Here it is. I saw this. I saw his Facebook profile, and I was like, whoa, he's in front of the pyramids in Egypt. Uh, nope, those aren't the pyramids. That's Paris, France. It's the... Uh, uh, What's that art museum called? The Louvre. The Louvre, the Louvre yeah, with Louvre. the glass thing. But it's, hey, best podcast on iTunes. I'm a student at the University of Georgia, and I traveled to Italy last month. Got to see the Pope and tour Vatican City. Also saw Galileo's tomb in Florence. Man, this guy saw all the cool stuff. But nice. I wanted to tell him that because uh, I just appreciate him saying this is the best podcast on iTunes, which is totally not true. <laughs> but we appreciate it. It makes us feel good. So. <laughs> Michael, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, being a student. We got emails from or uh, Facebook stuff from people all over. Guy from Perth, Australia, Canada. Sweet, sweet. We got some donations from England. England. Yeah, quick thank you to everybody who's donated. Uh, people have been very generous. It's been great. I just sent out a bunch of thank yous, um, and and we're still actually a few hundred bucks short on the uh, equipment. We got our our night. We got everything we need at this point. So we're I figured close, we'd make though. one more ask and just say, how close if, are we? We're a few hundred, I think. Okay. But we've almost... This is it. Uh, yes, for now, this is it. We're, we're good to go equipment-wise. Okay. We have some other plans, as you know. But that's to help other people. What's that? Not that's to help. to help other people. This, this is, is to our... help ourselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is to help us help you. That's yes. really what this is about. So, 10 years ago, I was a punk high school kid who was just completely uh, falling off the planet. Now, this is not... We don't talk about our own conversion stories a lot, but I think it's worth going into just for a second. Uh, I was struggling with all kinds of things. Um, alcohol, drugs, the whole bit. And it was uh, a profoundly selfish life. This is when I was in high school. And it was started to rip my family apart. So as a last-ditch effort, my parents uh, forced me to go on a retreat uh, in July of 2001. Okay. They bribed you, didn't they? They bribed me, to be specific. Mm. About 500 bucks I owed them, so they, they said all debts forgiven. Jubilee year, if you go on this retreat, I was horrified of it. I thought, this is going to be terrible, all these Jesus retreat. Steubenville, the Rockies retreat. So, so Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, Joe's alma mater, is uh, they do these conferences for high school kids. A couple thousand high school kids were there the, the weekend I was there. So it's quite an event. Uh, and I ended up having a profound experience through the priesthood, through a priest really um, in a beautiful, beautiful moment in confession, profound, life-changing, and then adoration. And that priest has no idea when I walked out of that confessional uh, that my life had been changed and that I would respond to God calling me to be a priest. So that guy has no idea. That's you don't know who he is, too. I, don't even, I have no idea who he is. I never recognize him. I haven't seen him in 10 years. A week after that happened, uh, a guy named Pete, Crazy Pete, Big hair Pete, whatever you want to call him, showed up at my door. <laughs> showed up at my door because my family was working at the parish with this kind of uh, program called Totus Tuus that we we're a part of, and we hosted this sem- these two seminarians. One of them was this guy Pete, and we hung out that week, and it was like everything I needed to hear. I needed a guy who John, would- John, John, hold on. Okay, yeah, sir. Th- th- you're forgetting one of my favorite parts of the talk. This is this is the reality: is that uh, that John was just so inspired. And he saw that that in the bulletin that there were these Samaritans uh, that needed yeah. a place to stay, and he was like Samaritans. Samaritans. <laughs> I didn't know they were still around. I it's literally, so I literally thought they called themselves Samaritans. I had no idea what a seminarian was. Uh, and Peter, 
who now is Father Peter, my pastor, was one of those guys, and his influence on my life was uh, uh, tremendous. It was essential. It was, it was I, the best. It was man. the best. That was the best week. I mean, we stayed up all night just talking about the faith and being excited. I mean, it was just like such a profound, profound moment of grace. And if we could have seen in that moment that 10 years later, we would be priests together, living in this rectory, praying together every day, sharing meals together, sharing our life together. One week later, making a pause task together. You know. <laughs> Did you just call it a pause task? <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> Fighting about it on the podcast. No. Um, yeah, man. It's just it's just been incredible. And uh, he's been a great, great friend ever since that happened. And it's just this is one of those moments of God's providence where you're like, this is too good. This is too unbelievable. And um, I, I just, you, you can't believe that the eternal God cares this much about our souls and about our life, uh, that he would align these things from all eternity. That's amazing. That is awesome. And here we are. I didn't know some of that. Yeah? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I didn't know it was so soon after your conversion. Oh, it was the week after. And a lot of times that's the crucial time for with high school kids and I think college kids as well. The conversion, the, that the, those two weeks afterwards, if there's not some kind of intervention there, oh, somebody steps into your life, you're going to be tempted to fall back into your old patterns. And, and you never know because uh, I managed to get uh, Totus Tuus kicked out of the parish that we were in that, <laughs> that week <laughs> because I, I uh, maybe talked about hell a little too much and yeah, I was a little true. imprudent in my speech. And, that's true. And, uh, and, this, it, and there was all this drama, but it's like, but this tremendous and beautiful fruit of friendship and priestly fraternity and Absolutely. all these amazing things arose out of the ashes of, <laughs> of, of, of my imprudence. <laughs> destruction yeah i mean yeah no that's hilarious oh, man so here we are and uh it's almost the end of june and uh we appreciate your patience with us we missed a week uh kind of coming through the pipeline but we had to no, record did we miss- i don't think we did this is it We're- oh no we did one of those things where we put it up a week later oh that's right. on like well it was the right day but it was about a week late so those of you who faithfully follow or i apologize on behalf of all of us that's and amazing. uh uh we will be rolling through this summer and then uh, uh i look forward to being with you next week uh catholic stuff podcast at, at gmail.com gmail. and i think that's about it that's it all right have all a right, good uh, have a good week okay bye-bye